This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast, where Kristen Urgel, a longtime TV sports reporter and college football coach's wife, goes one-on-one with her fellow coaches' wives. We will uncover the stories of the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. In this episode, Melissa shares openly about who they rely on during the roller coaster of coaching college football. She talks about reminding herself to enjoy the journey. She's thrived by investing in the people and community, tackling the philosophy head on of capturing the journey by being fully present in wherever she is. Check it out. I'm thrilled to have my first wife from the Big Ten, Melissa Womack, on with us today. (laughs) Melissa is the wife of Kane Womack, defensive coordinator for Indiana University. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you, Kristen. So excited to talk with you. I said it, you're in the Big Ten. Now you've grown up in the South. What have you enjoyed about experiencing football in the Big Ten? Yes, it it was um, something to look forward to when we found out that we were um, leaving the Gulf Coast. We were at um, the University of South Alabama before, so we moved here to Bloomington, Indiana from Mobile. And it was um, definitely new territory because, yes, I'm, I'm from South Mississippi. And so I grew up associating um, Thanksgiving with the Egg Bowl as much as I did, you know, with turkey and dressing. And Big Ten was a new country to come to. Um, and it has been so much fun. So there's a lot of differences. And um, one thing for sure, Kane uh, and I spent two years at Ole Miss in Oxford. And so one thing that you notice right away is that about the second home game, it's too cold here to wear the cocktail dresses you would wear to the Grove to tailgate. <laughs> So the wardrobe's definitely different. Um, but, you know, the I say that the Southeastern Conference has this amazing pageantry and fanfare that you really look forward to. And it's something to plan for and talk about and get hyped up. And then here in the Big Ten, um, there's almost more of a tradition where you go to the famous uh, spirit store and pick out your favorite sweatshirt because you're bundled up and you're cheering for your team in all kinds of degrees. So learning that tradition and um, getting to go to some of these stadiums that I've, I've heard of for years, um, it's been a lot of fun. So we're enjoying it. Kay was the youngest defensive coordinator in FBS football at South Alabama, now being named a DC at Indiana. What's it about Kane that's helped him have so much success early on? Well, I appreciate that. Um, we are very thankful. We um, give all glory to God for the blessings that he's given us um, on good days and bad, but we are grateful and I'm super proud of Kane in his career. You know, he grew up a coach's son. Um, my father-in-law, Dave Womack, coached for 38 years. And so this was his world. It wasn't something new that he um, decided to do, went to college, graduate, and then um, had to step into with a huge learning curve like any other coach would be. But this was familiar. I mean, he went to bowl games at Christmas time more than he stayed home for Christmas. You know, that's, that's just kind of um, the narrative of his life was, was living in a stadium and, and traveling with the team and all of that. Um, but from a really early age, Kane will tell you that from first grade, he knew I want to be a college football coach, which I think says a lot about his dad because there's challenges in this profession like any of us. Um, will tell you, and his family made it something fun and worthwhile. And so I um, commend my in-laws for that, for sure. But Kane um, has a focus and a drive and an optimism 
that's just really I've never seen before in anybody else. He believes that he can do um, what the Lord has called him to do, and he goes for it with all of his heart. And I think that's, you know, why we are where we are today because of God's plan um, and our faith to work hard for that. How did you meet Kane? <laughs> Actually, um, it, it's kind of fun. In the 90s, when we were in grade school in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, my hometown, uh, my father-in-law coached at Southern Miss, which is in, in my hometown of Hattiesburg. And Kane and I went to school together. And so when we were nine years old in the third grade, we were boyfriend, girlfriend on the playground. <laughs> okay. This is the best story I've had on my podcast. It's awesome. <laughs> it really is fun because we didn't plan it this way, but I believe the Lord directs your steps. And I always tell nine-year-olds, be careful who you hang out with because they might come back into your life. So we were classroom, you know, playground boyfriend and girlfriend, probably for a few days or a few weeks. Who remembers? Um, we remember each other, of course, and we went to school together until eighth grade. But then in the eighth grade, the Womacks left for my father-in-law's job at um, the University of Arkansas. And so didn't keep in touch with Kane, really didn't think of each other much or anything. But then when we were juniors in college, I was the student ministry intern at my home church. I stayed in Hattiesburg and went to Southern Miss for college. Um, and one day I hear my boss talking and say, let me introduce you to our intern and she'll get you plugged in on how you can serve. So I thought, oh, great, a new volunteer is coming. Well, he turns the corner and my jaw hits the floor and I say, Kane Womack. I mean, I pronounce, mispronounce, you know, the last name that I would one day take. <laughs> and <laughs> and he said, Melissa Serino. And so we caught up and uh, dated off and on in college. Dave, my father-in-law, had come back to Southern Miss for a season and Kane had transferred to play there. And so he, we both ended up graduating from Southern Miss and about a year and a half later after college got married and the rest is history. That is the coolest story ever. <laughs> I love that. So my daughter it is sweet. about to turn eight. So really, we're pretty close to finding. Well, in, yeah, that's right. That's right. Be extra cautious, Kristen. <laughs> <laughs> now you have two boys, another one on the way. Tell me names. Yes. Tell me all the details. Yes. So we have Asher, who turned five in January. And then Tatum, um, who will be four in June, both sons. And then we will welcome a third son here in a little less than two months. And his name will be Jones. Oh, I love it. You are a boy mom through and through. <laughs> we were going to a um, bridal shower for one of our uh, strength coaches wives here yesterday. And all the girl moms brought their daughters with them because mm -hmm. they got to sit and say, ooh and ah, it's a pretty present and all well, I had a sitter because my kids would have shown up with Nerf guns in superhero <laughs> costumes and shot the bride, right? <laughs> yep, that would be quite, and jumped off the couches. Exactly, climbed sure. on something. <laughs> now, your husband, Kane, grew up as a coach's kid, you mentioned it. Has yes. there been something he's been intentional to do or not to do with raising your children in this profession? Yes, I think so, for sure, because like I said, he saw this profession for what it is from every angle, the highs, the lows, the good, the bad. Um, and Kane is also um, a visionary. I mean, he's a dreamer. He's all, he's intentional with thinking about um, the future and his legacy. And I appreciate that in him so much. So I think 
overall, one of the biggest things um, is to help shape their perspective that our identity, our mood, the way we treat others, the way we interact in our home does not hang on every win and every loss. Um, when I think about, you know, Dave, my father-in-law doing this for almost 40 years, that's a lot of wins and that's a lot of losses. Mm. There will always be another season. There will always be, you know, we teach our players to play the next play. And so um, I don't want my kids to to be completely wrecked by a loss. Um, it was so cute to me, at just a proud mom moment the other day. My five-year-old, you know, is very um, into winning right now. He's learning what that means and all. And so he responded um, a little too harshly to losing at tic-tac-toe <laughs> against his mom. And my three-year-old says to him, Asher, don't you know that losing is just part of becoming a champion? <laughs> I thought, oh, man, you are right. That's right. You know, it's okay. We will win and we will lose. And so to kind of capitalize on all of those life lessons that sports affords you um, to instill that in our children that, again, you know, our identity isn't what people think of us. It's not whether we win or lose, but it's whether we work hard and are kind to others and to help them focus on the positive, um, I would say perspective for sure, but then also uh, exposure to the players and then the players to our family. Um, Kane talks about, you know, some of his greatest memories were just how he admired his dad's players tremendously. He knows what that's like from a five-year-old boy's eyes, right? Mm -hmm. And so to have those um, giants in our home um, and to build relationships with them. One of our linebackers right now is recovering from shoulder surgery and the kids just keep asking but how's he going to pillow fight with us if he's hurt? You know, that's their greatest concern. <laughs> and so we want them, we want our kids to be around um, players who have different stories that come from different backgrounds than they do and to love them and to learn from them just as much as we're hoping that they're learning from us too. Do you have them over to eat? How are you getting those opportunities to have them mix with your family? Yes, we do. Um, they're great. That We always think about, you know, can our home accommodate however many, you know, 200 to 300 pound grown men um, to sit down for a meal. And so we do. I was really thrilled to um, host Thanksgiving for them this past year because, you know, we're still playing, of course. And um, so we carved the turkey and had lots of pie and had a good time, but uh, we try to do that about once a month. And then especially at times when they really need to pick me up. Um, and then we, you know, try to make it out to practice and to the office when we can. And I'm also not afraid to hire some of them as babysitters. They're pretty great. They have, they have more energy than I do. <laughs> For sure. Now there are a handful of things and you may have mentioned them already that you learn from your in-laws who are longtime successful coaches in the SEC and other places, what would that be? I really could write a book um, on that. And, and really, we should just interview my mother-in-law because she has a lot of stories to tell. Um, and, you know, I really was very, very lucky, Kristen, to walk into this um, with not a lot that I would be surprised about. I always think back, like, what was I thinking? Kane told me, like, we're going to move a lot. You're going to be far from your family. We're probably going to be fired. It's going to be a grind. You're never going to see me. And I was like, great, sign me up. <laughs> so what what was I thinking? But he, they really painted a true picture for me, like I said, of, of both um, the challenges and the rewards. Um, but I'll just 
some things that come to mind off the top of my head, you know, is that what they modeled in their own home and then what I've had endless conversations with Leslie, my mother-in-law about is that home really is wherever we're together. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it doesn't, that's not bound by um, a region or a state or a building, but that home is wherever I'm with you. And I think the more um, that we can keep that in perspective and the more that I can remember that that's my joy and my responsibility to create, then the the happier we'll be. We do believe that happiness is homemade. You know, I'm not going to move to a town and say like, Oh, I'm just not happy here because we, we know we can make that, um, that our joy comes from the Lord. We can cr- create that in our own home. The other thing is um, such a resiliency of kind of thick skin, if you will, that other people's opinions, um, you know, online forums and posts do not define us. Um, fans, other coaches, I mean, whoever, people are going to say what they want and just to kind of cut out that noise and not to get caught up in it. Don't read your own press is, you know, is good advice from my in-laws. One thing that my father-in-law modeled tremendously, I think, is that character pays off, um, that it's always worth it to do the right thing. And he really is a man of integrity that set a great example for Kane and for my children for that, um, and I, I could go on and on about sayings they have in the profession, but I tell my mother-in-law all the time, one day you'll write a book because you've got a lot of wisdom to offer. I think you were pretty well warned on what life yeah. would be like, but were there any surprises or maybe surprises of being a coach's wife in the Big Ten now that you've made it, quote unquote? Well, okay, that's a great, a great phrase um, that I think lends itself to an honest conversation and you know we're we're coordinators at a power five school which does sound like I'm sure it is a a lot of people's dream job I mean Kane GA'd for almost five years and we remember thinking you know like oh we could just get that first job and um so we're very familiar with what it's like to hope for a promotion to hope for more and to think Things will be so much better when I get to this level. And that's, of course, a human condition that transcends, you know, outside of college football, that that everybody has that temptation to feel if there was more money, if there was more time or something, that life would be easier. And I think that um, that is not true. Um, And I say that with great sensitivity to the disparity of salaries among college football coaches. Um, but that a bigger salary, a higher position and a a bigger conference or whatever you want to say doesn't mean that all your problems are solved. Um, Because I think at the end of the day, for most of us as coaches wives, you know, that doesn't bring stability and it doesn't bring your husband home any earlier. Mm -hmm. And those are really the desires of our heart. Very good perspective. I love how honest you are. From your eyes, what do you think makes Kane unique? (laughs) Um, well I could write a book on that one Um, and and it would be funny Kane is unique he um, I'm really fascinated by him Um, like I said I alluded to this earlier that he's fearlessly optimistic I mean he's really just not afraid to go after big things Um, neither of us subscribe to the name it and claim it, you know, that this is what, this is how great I am. And this is what I'm going to do. Absolutely not. We're really aware of our flaws and our shortcomings. Um, But there's a trust and a faith in him that says, 
I'm going to go after this. And if I fail, it's okay. And I think that that, that is really like what has carried him and, re- and led him to realize um, his own dreams. And that even when that doesn't happen the way he wanted it to, or as quickly as he wanted to, he's just, he's never soured by life. Um, he, he can bounce back very quickly and it's just super steady and how he responds in a profession that is all about the highs and lows, this roller coaster of wins and losses. Um, and so I'm so thankful for him and, um, yeah, we could have a whole podcast just on what makes Kane Womack special, but he's one of a kind and I'm really grateful to be on this journey with him. And I know he's very steady in those times, but I'm sure he does look to you. You're his number one fan. You're his confidant in those moments when he does have a down moment, what are things Mm -hmm. that you like to remind him of? Mm, Yeah, I think that's a great, um, an honor to be a spouse that, um, in a profession where things are constantly changing, you know, who the fan base or the alumni base or the boosters, the administration wants as a head coach. I mean, all of those things are, are changing players moods change. We, you know, we know this, but that to be um, your partner in this journey, that's steady, not that I'm not ever moving, not saying that, but um, I'm not going anywhere. And um I can, I can be your constant that reminds you of a, who God is and and the goodness and faithfulness um, that we can lean on in who the Lord is. And then be who you are, Cain Womack, you know, when, when he has been discouraged to, to remind him who, who he is and what he's called to, whether that's in times of despair or in times of pride, right? Like we can, we can do both. Um, And so, um, we, you know, we can pull each other up because for both of us, uh, there's challenges for sure. It is a tough, it is a roller coaster of an industry. Like you said, I love mm-hmm. you touched on it and people don't really like to talk about it, but we all kind of want to go towards this and this. And we all think, mm-hmm. I think we're built that way. We're the type of people that are in this type of industry. We're kind of built maybe a little more so, I don't know, I'm kind of going on a limb than others of people who want to climb that ladder, even, you know, in a mm-hmm. highly competitive environment. But I think you touched on something earlier and you kind of briefed again that that doesn't always make things better. And Mm-mm. we need to stop and enjoy the moment of where we are. Yes. Be grateful yes. For those things. And then I, I don't know, I think it's a, a thing we don't always talk about because this is, this industry moves so fast. It's so competitive and I don't know, it just mm-hmm. lends itself to um, a lot of comparison. Yes. And that sense of I'm ready, I'm ready to move on because we're ready to move up. Mm-hmm. And we've been married eight years and have never lived anywhere two, two full years. We, I mean, we've always moved um, at year two. And I have found that the times that I thrive and flourish and the times that I'm the happiest are when I say, okay, whether I'm here two years or 10 years, my life will be better if I plant deep roots as quickly as I can and extend my arms out, you know, to embrace whatever this place brings. And so that's people experiences with my kids, my husband's staff and field house and his team and and all of those things. Um, I love the verse that says, teach us to number our days, Lord, because they are numbered. And so I want to gain a heart of wisdom in that um, to just say, all right, we're on a journey. I don't know for how long, but I want to be fully here wherever I am. 
maximizing every single moment. I love it. Mm-hmm. Do you have mm-hmm. any traditions after a big win? <laughs> well, you know, I would, I would sum up our tradition as, and this might not be flashy and exciting or anything that people want to um, join us, uh, come along with us in, but it's just to be together. Um, you know, the football season, there is no Sabbath, there is no um, day off. And so after six days of a, a grind, I mean, it's really seven days of that to, that's our reward is to come home and, and just be together. That's why we love big 10 early kickoffs because we can actually be home in the evenings. The difference in an 11 a.m. kickoff versus a 7 p.m. is makes a big, big difference in the life of a coach's family. Um, but, you know, Kane uh, doesn't, he doesn't get to tailgate, of course. And mm-hmm. so I think he, as a kid, he did. And there's something nostalgic to him about a tailgate spread. Mm-hmm. So I always try to make some kind of like tailgate food for our house that he can have when he comes home. And we'll put on, you know, our friends who are across the country who are playing games somewhere else and um, just watch those and enjoy that. And, and we're just together. Um, I don't want to set my kids up or myself really guarding my own heart to have something else to grieve other than the loss itself. Like losses are sad. We're not excited about that. Mm -hmm. And so um, I don't want there to be a a tradition that they're like, well, man, we lost. We don't get to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, when we win, we celebrate, like let's dump a Gatorade. Let's do our victory dance because we've worked hard for that. Um, But at the end of the day, win or lose, let's take a moment to be together because, you know, that's what matters most. I think that's smart because this is their childhood. A lot of times I have to pause and go, this is my kid's childhood. You know, I have to remember the highs and the lows are reflecting. They're watching all this. This is their every day, you know, to put those things aside, this losses aside on those Saturday nights where they're not so fun, where it feels like a funeral at your house, but to, right. you know, go, you know what, we're just still going, Hey, let's talk about your day. Let's talk about something fun that happened th- this week. We didn't even get to talk about, um, during right. after losses, it still needs to be pretty much the same for the kids. Now you're the backbone to a highly successful coach. I know you won't want to answer this question. You're very humble, but <laughs> Help me out here. Uh, what few things do you think you've done to help in his success for his career and your lives as a family? Oh, that's sweet of you, Kristen. Uh, okay, so I'll say that as I have grown and matured, I do recognize that I, I play a part. Um, I think it's tempting to deny that, especially in times where we as coaches' wives feel really lonely and think like, you could just do all of this without me. Why, why am I even here? Well, that's a lie from the enemy because they wouldn't be the men they are without us. And, and I say that humbly um, because it's important to recognize our role in building them up or tearing them down. Um, and so, so yes, I will say that, that as I mature and we grow in our marriage, I realize that success is more of a partnership um, than I probably wanted to give you know, credit to in the beginning. But one thing I mentioned earlier is that just being consistent and saying like this, what's between us is not changing. I'm not going anywhere. I'm with you for the long haul. I think that has to um, carry a lot of weight knowing, you know, my fam for him, that my family's behind me. But then of course, all of the um, jack of all trades skills that a coach's wife acquires with all of these moves and 
um, just handling the things that he can't handle when he, he doesn't have time for while he's at the office. And Kane always jokes and says, like, I've never once thought about paying taxes because you do that every year for us. I'm in spring ball and somehow our taxes get paid <laughs> in her file. Um, and so he, you know, he'll laugh and say, hey, thank you that I'm not in any legal trouble because you handled everything for me. <laughs> Well, we did some really interesting things and some things that just people wouldn't, you know, think about. I bet you've bought and sold a house many times. Yeah. Yeah. Got oil changes in the car. Oh, I mean, I seriously feel like I could be a plumber's apprentice (laughs) after just all like the home repair things I've handled that Kane doesn't know about. (laughs) Somebody I was talking to, I can't remember, mows the grass too. That's all the yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I have a lot of skills, Kristen. <laughs> yeah, sure. And what's funny, it's not like, Hey, it's just role reversal. Oh, that's cute. No, we're doing that in addition to the normal roles. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yes. I'll still show up with my sausage and cheese platter on time for tailgate and my school colors. Right. Okay. I wait, I won't show up on time. Not I on time. Well, that I much credit. No, no. <laughs> When we get there, everybody's hair is going to get curled for sure. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I'm a that's southern a, girl a for sure. thing for sure. <laughs> yeah, now, I'm with you. I like to ask the same question at every podcast. Um, and I've asked it to many of them. Kathy Miles here at Kansas, Tia Oda, Missouri. Mm-hmm. How do you specifically block out when you hear negative things? You know, you mentioned it. Don't read your own press. But when, mm-hmm. when it does pop up somehow, when it's in the social media feed and you thought you've hidden everybody that <laughs> would say those types of things, what methods do you use when dealing with negative comments? How do you keep your composure? It's terribly hard. And there, of course, are times where um, I haven't yet. I hope I never do. But you feel really tempted to just go off and, and put someone in their place. Um, but the truth is, like, we again, having your identity in something other than your own performance or your husband's performance um, in this profession um, helps that we are who God says we are, not who fans and critics say that we are. Um, But the other thing is understanding that this is a performance industry, that we recognize sport as an entertainment industry. Um, And Kane feels really strongly about this, that you know, it it comes with a job that fans are entitled to their opinions and that that's not a reflection of our worth and value. And I might be a little odd in this, but sometimes I have to catch myself from indulging them in that. Like I'll hear them make a comment about a scheme we're running or something. And I I just think people are fascinating and that they know so much, you know, because I know how many hours our staff puts in, but here's this random man um, at, you know, Sunday lunch saying these things. I should, well, tell me more about that <laughs> because I just find it amazing that they know best. Um, and I don't, <laughs> I don't mean that to belittle a fan's opinion, but a lot of times those opinions and the, the, I, you know, the Sunday morning quarterback, whatever you want to say, um, comes with a lack of understanding of what's, what's really going on to shape our team or what's happening with, this or that player. And so taking it with a grain of salt to know that they don't have the full picture. They bought a ticket and paid to be entertained by the sport. And it's not personal because if they, you know, sometimes I say that 
college football um, is kind of an altar in our society that I think a lot of people can use as a, as idolatry, as a form of worship. And they will worship you at that altar, but the minute you're not winning, they'll sacrifice you at it too. And so don't bow down to that, you know, have faith in something that's a lot more stable that never changes. Wow. That is wisdom. Okay. If you could create a magic wand and change some things about this life we live, what would you change? Yes. Well, I think every uh, mother would probably say this, that, and every college football coach's wife, I think I would insert an eighth day into the week because <laughs> I know that what they do every day is valuable and, and that, you know, you have to keep up with it. And, and from recruiting to game planning and all of managing your uh, position room and all, but um, this spring, Tom Allen, our head coach here at Indiana, has given the guys Sundays off. And to have a true Sabbath where we have a day as a family before the grind picks back up, um, it, I don't even have the words to tell you what a difference it's made and just um, the rest that we get and how refreshed we feel. I'm so thankful that Coach Allen's done that. And so I wish that I could keep that for, for the whole season, that um, we would always have a day together where, you know, Kane can actually get some sleep and um, we, we have a Sabbath together as a family. So whether I have to pause time or insert an eighth day, that would be my magic wand. I like that. Okay, so he spends a lot of time away. What are some things that you like to do that you find fulfilling? I really just love hospitality and um, whether that's having people over, um, you know, some of our own wives here or friends that I've made in the community. But I've found that, um, of course, I need people. I need people to um, pour into me and reach out when I'm uh, feeling down, but I also get so much joy from doing that for others. And so um, whether you've been in a community for a long time or whether you're new to find a way that you can reach out and serve and make, make somebody's day, take a, a meal to a new mom, um, host a book club, like whatever it is that interests you. That's been one of the things that I look forward to. Um, I volunteer at my kids' school, and we have um, a Bible study with the wives um, here, but it's not just football wives. It's from all different sports, and so that's been awesome to build friendships with basketball coaches' wives, women basketball coaches' wives, our dietitians' wives, just to know them and and be a part of their journey, too, has been um, a lot of fun, and so finding those relationships with people who aren't um, completely buried, you know, in the same um, sport that you are has been really, really rewarding. Absolutely. Now, do you have like specifically one mentor in this business or do you kind of pull from a lot of different women? Well, I've mentioned my mother-in-law a lot and she, I'm really just thankful that I have a great mother-in-law that I love and can call on. And um, she's, she's awesome. She's so much fun. And so I do call her a lot um, with different things because she's seen it all. She's, um, you know, been hired and fired and, and knows everything in between and not a lot surprises her. So I learn a lot from her. Um, but then really, um, we have an awesome staff here. Tracy Allen, our head coach's wife, is um, such a humble, godly woman who is full of kindness and love. And you can call her about anything, as well as a lot of our other assistants have um, a ton of experience in different places. And I'm so drawn to those families um, who 
their kids love what their dad does and they're a part of it. And so I ask a lot of them, you know, how did you handle it when they were moving in the middle of a school year and all of that? And so I'm thankful to those ladies who have um, opened their lives to me to answer those questions. I know I love getting ideas. This is one of my favorite questions to ask. And I've got some new ideas by asking it, but are there some things that the two of you try to do during the season to stay connected? Do you have like a, a date mm. every week somehow, some way? Is there anything you do during the season? Well, that's a great question because if you're not intentional about it, it doesn't happen. And whereas I'm busy with all things home life and children, you know, his time is completely consumed as well. So um, what a what a good question to ask all of us to pull our ideas together. For us, um, I remember one season um, starting out several weeks in, you know, several weeks into the season, tack on four weeks of fall camp, you know, and that's really how long you've been apart, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, I was very discouraged and feeling far from Kane and um, a basketball wife at this Bible study said to me, um, Melissa, your tank is just completely empty. Like, and, and I knew exactly what she meant, you know, and she said, you've got to find time to go see Kane, which is very different than saying he's got to find time to come home and see you because I, I want, of course, Kane to do that. But I also understand the realities of his job, but he can't, you know, there's position meetings and there's all these things to do. And she said, I don't care if you have to hire a sitter, if I need to watch your kids, whatever it takes, you need to go see him. And so we started um, Wednesday lunch because that worked with our schedule and he had like 20 minutes. That's it. But to shut the door, mm -hmm. to, to look at his wife and say, how are you doing? Sometimes we would eat, sometimes we wouldn't, but it was just something that I said, okay, you're right. No matter what, like I need to be there and we need to protect that time. Um, because marriage is hard and a good marriage is something that you fight for. And so that made a big difference. But I want to say too, um, one of the greatest things that has helped us so much is understanding the distance and, and coach's husband's absence in the season has to be something that draws you together rather than pushing you apart. So like for you and Josh, when instead of you sitting home and saying, I'm fine, this isn't hard. I don't need him to acknowledge me during the day, you know, or whatever, denying that need, that's not helpful. It's really true. Like you miss your husband, you want to be with him. There's no friend in this world that can meet the same desires of your heart that Josh does. And, and same for me and Kate. And so I don't want to deny that need. But then the other thing I don't want to do is punish him for it, right? Like it's all his mm -hmm. fault that I'm so lonely. And so we've grown a lot in owning that and saying, this is hard and I would rather be home with you or this is hard. I'm so thankful you're working for us. I miss you. Can't wait to be together. And a lot of times as wives, that's all we need is for them to say, you know, a simple text to say, would rather be with you than in staff meeting um, <laughs> or whatever it is. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and so let the distance be something that even though you're not physically together, you're, you are together in the fact that you miss each other. That's been really helpful. Is there a task you've done that people may not realize would be the responsibility of a coach's wife that you have <laughs> completed? There's no model for this. I think forever, like I looked for that. I was like, 
okay, who, you know, I have mentors. I have women that I draw wisdom from for sure, but we're all different. Our husbands are all different. Every job is different. And so um, I don't ever want other coaches' wives to think that there's this um, protocol script to follow of like bake cookies on this day and send, you know, like all these things right. because we each have our own stuff. But um, that's a fun question because we all do some weird things out of um, the joyful duties of our husband's job with this. And one thing that comes to mind um, that I'll just never forget because it really did have an impact on me is we were at a smaller FCS school and one of Kane's safeties um, was having a really intensive knee surgery, but lived on um, not on a ground level in his dorm. And I'm pretty sure the dorm didn't have an elevator. He was far from home. Um, we were in the Midwest. He was from South Georgia and no one to take care of him. And <laughs> Kane was telling me about it. And I was like, he has, he has to stay with us. And I had, um, I think like an 11 month old, or no, he was eight months old and was pregnant. Um, but here comes this college guy on his crutches with pain medication and, you know, this ice pump to rehab his knee and all this. And I'm like, I, I, you have to stay here. You cannot, how are you going to get to class? What, you know, just all of these questions um, that the school, you know, didn't have the resources to provide like that. And so he, um, recovered at our home and I would <laughs> drive him to class with my car seat in the back um, every day and uh, just really kind of took care of him um, to make sure that he was of course taken care of because he, he needed to stay in school and not have to you know take any time off that semester um, but the sweetest part was we just absolutely adored that player and um, the sweetest thing was after Christmas break when he was well enough to kind of get around on crutches on his own he walked from his dorm to my house in the snow with a thank you card of cash that he had to say, I'll never forget your kindness to me. And I mean, I was so moved by his tremendous effort to say thank you that, you know, th those are the kinds of things that I can't tell you um, what the scores were of games then, but I can remember looking at Bradley's face and going, I hope you know that you are so loved and you're so worth it. Wow. What a story. What a story. It was fun. I love that. You need to use that in recruiting for sure because I can't imagine going <laughs> any other direction but signing with Indiana. That's incredible. Oh, man. Well, and you know what it's like. I mean, having a, a boy that you think about playing athletics when they're like, who's going to take care of you when you're oh, hurt, yeah. when mom's not there? I love recruiting. Um, it probably is my, almost my favorite part about college football. Mm -hmm. Just getting able to talk to those mothers and going, hey, I, I don't have an 18-year-old, but I have a two-year-old and I sure yeah. body did not respect him and, and want, you know, right. absolute best. And to realize he's a person and he has dreams and he has, he's real. He's not just a number, you know, I mean, don't you just love yes. to connect with them? Yes. Cause they are, I mean, we respect them as, um, you know, independent grown men responsible for their own behaviors and actions and hold them accountable for that. But when you talk to their mom and you see the way that, he looks at her and she looks at him, you realize like that's still her baby. And they need to know that like, there's a, you know, there's a coach's home where you can go and, and just get a home cooked meal and rest sometimes. And, and not that I function. I, I certainly don't mean to paint a picture that I 
function of every coach's mother away from home. I don't in any in any way, but we are here um, and and want to have that personal relationship with them that lasts, you know, far past graduation. Well, so what are some of the most rewarding aspects to you about being a coach's wife? The limited time that you have together in this profession brings out what's most important. Um, I always say what's most stressful is like when the husbands do have a day off and it's like, okay, what are we going to do? It has to be epic, but I also need him to help around the house, you know, and it's all like, should we do date night? Should we do family night? How do I decide um, how to spend this rare gift that we've been given? But, um, but you're definitely not going to waste it because you, you treasure that time. And I think that um, it brings out the best in you too. It could bring out the worst in us for sure. I guess, whichever you choose, but this profession certainly brings out what's essential. Um, And then of course the friendships and the relationships, I mean, the network of people every year when I do my Christmas card, I know like how many new zip codes do we add (laughs) because, you know, you have friends all over the country. Um, And it's just, it's just fun to be on this journey with them. Um, And I don't take for granted either that my husband gets to do something that he truly loves um, I don't think we could we could do this if he didn't um, because there isn't you know there's rarely a day to sleep in um, and to rest but that he is tremendously fulfilled in shaping the lives of young men who will go on to be community leaders and most importantly fathers and husbands themselves um, but getting to to be with Kane in that in doing what he dreamed of doing and what he loved um, is incredibly rewarding. Absolutely love it. Okay, fast five. You ready? Okay, yes. What's the last book you've read? Uh, Dan Allender's Leading with a Limp. Okay. You have a Learjet lined up because apparently you struggle to surprise Kate. (laughs) Where would you go? Mm, Oh, man. (laughs) He would plan the most epic travel. Okay, but I'm going to say this is on my mind right now to Hawaii because um, a group of guys uh, that came coached when we were at Eastern Illinois, um, one of them, Pono is getting married this summer. And because I will have a one week old, we cannot go. And it's really kind of like this big reunion. And I know that Kane is so sad to miss that. Um, I think he's missing it. He could surprise me and say, Hey, I'm flying (laughs) to Pono's wedding. But I think we would have to have to jump on that plane and go go be with those guys because they were a special group. Everyone has a few things that might need replacing around the house. Maybe it's in their closet. I don't know. What's the ugliest thing you own? The ugliest thing I own is the interior of my minivan. Shamelessly, <laughs> I am not trying to pretend that I'm on top of it and perfect and have it tidy every week. No way. I have two preschoolers, and if you want to ride with me, you're welcome to any of the leftover food on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> if you could have a superpower, what would it be? Definitely to pause time. Okay, you actually get a night alone. What show would you binge watch? Oh man, that oh, what a dream. Um, okay, I'm just gonna totally own our nerdiness in this, and and Melissa from ten years ago would be like, oh, that's so embarrassing. But I don't know if it's because we have boys or what, but like we're really into Marvel Avengers. Um, and so we're gonna watch Agents of Shield because we haven't caught up on all of that. 
and with uh, Endgame coming out and my superhero loving preschoolers asking a thousand questions, we need answers. So that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> that is not what I expected. I will say. I know. I'm really kind of embarrassed that I have I such an infinity for it, but they're so good. I've, and I've, it makes me, <laughs> it makes me a fun mom, right? Like I'm a fun mom because I know all of Thor's backstory. Oh yeah. Okay. So I impressed my kid the other day because Lion Guard is like the TV yes. show that's on right now. Yes. And I was like, oh, right. that's like Simba's son. And she was like, wait, what? And I told her the entire history of basically the lineage of Lion King. She's like, hey. how do you know this? And I was like, oh, so cool, mom. Oh, I think the hardest, yeah, my, one of my greatest challenges in parenting is answering all those questions about these make-believe, you know, superhero shows that I really don't have the brain power to come up with an answer. I mean, thank goodness for a three-year-old, it's satisfactory. (laughs) For sure. This has been incredible. Thank you so much for Melissa, for sharing your stories, your wisdom. Absolutely incredible. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Kristen. I'm grateful and we, um, thankful to Kane for the fun life we get to live together and to God for all his blessings. And we really do believe that for all of us, the best is yet to come. Make sure to subscribe to the Coach's Wife Live podcast. And for a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit coacheswifelife.org and follow us on social media at Coach's Wife Life.